Jurassic Park 3 Minute, we'll be discussing the second Jurassic Park sequel, I'm, I'm Brad. I'm Dave. And on today's episode, we're back to finish out the week with Minute 59 of Jurassic Park 3, but before we get to that, uh, Dave, on the back of uh, last week's discussion about the Fallen Kingdom cutscenes here, over at Jurassic-pd.com, uh, Trinosaur TJ has posted up a full article on the uh, cutscenes from Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. Now, all these uh, cutscene articles here have actually been transferred over from the original Jurassic Park Legacy website. These were originally just um, kind of little um, drop-downs that were part of the original infrastructure on the site. That you, you just went to the main site and you went to the various movies and they, they had the... Uh, like the production notes and the cutscenes and and stuff like that. But this one, uh, as I mentioned, we um, in the last minute we have the extended dig site where we see uh, Grant digging up the claw and kissing Ellie. And then we also have um, Ellie's leaf grab, which explains how she got that leaf in the in the movie. It was originally from the um, trailer of, of the movie where. Mm we see Ellie grab a leaf from this out from reaching out of the side of the Jeep. Yeah, which that is never a smart thing to do. <laughs> I've, <laughs> I've been fishing and, grab, and grabbed reeds and sort of grasses by the river and cut, cut my finger down to the bone because that thing hasn't wanted to come out of the ground or break off. <laughs> <laughs> it is a very big leaf too. Mm. Yep. But some of the others we have on here include like, um, and this one, and this one, I can see why it was cut, just because it kind of repeats some of the information that we got at the Amber Mine, where Hammond explains to the group that uh, Lex and Tim's parents are getting a divorce, and he's bringing them down to kind of distract them from their parents' divorce, which was their reasoning in the novel. But still, it would have been it would have been fantastic. And again, would have as he described it, Malcolm would have said that um, we have the groups here for. a inspection after all <laughs> not a weekend excursion as we get sort of from Gennaro saying to uh, Hammond later which or before when they're coming from the helipad but it, it is sort of removing the double the double dialogue and that and, but yeah, as we said to... last minute <laughs> we just want to we just want all this back in <laughs> no matter how <laughs> medi- mediocre it is or one of the biggest kind of deleted scenes answers a long-standing uh, fan question is what made the Triceratops sick. Mm. And we kind of see hints of it left over within the movie itself where at the very end of the scene, of the Triceratops scene, we see Ellie and uh, Tim crouched at the at the front of the Triceratops and you can kind of see little stones within Ellie's hands. And we see this in the uh, earlier in the scene as well, where Ellie picks up a, and finds a pile of stones at the base of the West Indian lilac. And this is a kind of a whole scene that was carried over from the nov- from the novel, where the scientists all are poking around the site and find out that the Triceratops, when they eat the gizzard stones, they accidentally ingest West Indian lilac at the same time. And it occurs every six weeks because of the migration pattern that the Triceratops, well, in the novel, the Stegosaurus, are taking around their paddock. Hmm. And uh, the second half of the scene, though, that was kind of cut entirely, we get it a lot in the storyboards. We have a complete storyboard for it, not on not on the um, 
not on the uh, article here, but in the special features on the DVD, we see the storyboards where the um, Lex would have found a baby Triceratops nearby where the uh, larger adult is, and she would have kind of wrote it in a way. Hmm. Another great scene from the uh, the novel that we would have got in the film. Mm-hmm. And then there's a couple other here. Is like um, during the journey to the shed, there was a point where they would have pat where Ellie and Muldoon would have passed the visitor center, and we have a probably we don't have all of them here in the uh, article, but there's a good four or five shots alone where we um, have almost um, like. Um, shot-for-shot stills of Muldoon when he came out of the um, of the emergency bunker and he, in in the movie, we just see him and Ellie come out and close the door, before, and the next we see of them is at the raptor paddock. But before they actually leave the emergency bunker area, Muldoon kind of just looks around with his shotgun <laughs> in his hand before they take off across the compound. It would have just made so much more of the geography of the area make sense. Um, mm-hmm. Just just for the visitor compound and alone where where the bunker is compared to the uh, the visitor center and then onto the the raptor paddock as well or the raptor pen as well. But and there's a couple there were fairly coming back out of the shed as well after the uh, before she finds Grant. Yeah, and of course a infamous deleted scene was that. Samuel L. Jackson has talked about is where he was meant to have an extended uh, fight scene with the raptor in the electric shed. And then later Ellie would have found actually more body parts of him than just the arm. He would have, they would, she would have also found, I think a leg with him of his as well. And it just would have been all the, all around bloodier and gorier, I think. And they ended up cutting that because they're pressed for time because hurricane Aniki was bearing down on them. As they were filming this, uh, the scene with uh, Ellie and Muldoon going to the shed. Mm, that's such a shame because <laughs> the the leg yeah. the leg prop was made. I think um, Jurassic Collectibles has got it now. The actual prop and the uh, the prop hand or the prop arm from that scene as well. Does he really? Someone does. <laughs> I remember seeing someone had a YouTube video of it. Wow, I'd I'd love to be able to see if I can find that YouTube video and. If, of course, if I do, I'd, I'd post it up when this minute goes live. But yeah, yeah, if any, if anyone, anyone listening knows which, it is, it's one of the one of the fan collectors that does the videos. I thought I thought it was Jay for a minute, but I don't think it's him. It's might be. I think it's Jurassic Collectibles. Because nah. I think they got, they got it from that, I think they got it from that auction that was on a few yeah. months years ago. They have a couple of screen use props, I think. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, head over to Jurassic-Pedia for uh, all these cutscenes and more. I could write all kinds of numbers on this check, Dr. Grant. Tell me. What's it going to take? All right, before we get into 59, David, Santa's come early this year. Oh, yeah, I got a little Christmas in July going on. I got um, something I've been wanting for a while now, and it's just... Everybody knows the fiasco that went on with the Legacy Spinosaurus figure at Target ended up dropping the ball on, and how 
scalper prices have just been ridiculous, over $100 on eBay and stuff like that. Well, I a buddy of mine turned me on to a, well, less than reputable site, I guess. It's a uh, Spinosaurus, and I was kind of unsure if I would um, ever even receive it because communication was just kind of crap. But anyway, it finally came last uh, Thursday, which was really nice because I also at the same time had bought and was receiving a toy double barrel shotgun that would uh, work, that would suffice for my Roland Tembo cosplay. Ooh. So I have, I now have both the Spino, the Legacy Spinosaurus, finally. And, of course, you know, I took that thing and took pictures of it. I had to do the Spinosaurus versus T-Rex fight. <laughs> you know, I just had to. And then I also ha- uh, took some pictures of the double-barrel kind of ri- rifle shotgun, whatever you want to call it. It's just a little toy. And it's uh, Italian-made Edison Monte Carlo. And so it's got all metal. And, the, well, the wood is plastic but the rest of it is all metal and it's a really nice little little uh rifle it's pretty accurate to the full-size thing even though it's not full-size it's only about 35 inches long that's all right it just goes to complete in that cosplay a little bit more costumes oh, yeah definitely it was actually probably the only thing out of the accessories i don't have and i'd like to get the belt as well which is about the last thing i have left of that cosplay to accurately get it's probably the most expensive, though, is it? And the hat was pretty expensive, too. I yeah, was actually yeah. pretty lucky getting that for the price that I did. But the belt, yeah, finding it is somewhat of a rarity. So, you know, unfortunately, it's not something that I've made really a kind of um, mandatory item to be part of the cosplay. Because nobody really notices that kind of thing anyway. Yeah, you'd have to be a stickler to notice that. Let's do this one at a time, shall we? All right, ready to get into minute 59. Mm-hmm. As we end minute 58 of Jurassic Park 3, Grant had made his way solo across the bridge, fearful of a repeat of the collapsing stairs previously. As we're up on 59... He looks around for danger, then turns back to the mist, and raises his hand to his mouth to yell, Okay, come on over. At the 8 second mark we cut back to Paul, Amanda and Eric standing at the other side of the bridge, as we hear something else from Grant being yelled in the distance. One at a time, Amanda turns and tells Eric it's okay, they'll be separated for just a moment, and he'll be right behind her. But Eric's embarrassed and says, Mum, I spent eight weeks on this island alone. I think I can handle the next two minutes without you. At the 24 second mark, Paul smirks at the comment as Amanda turns and makes her way across the bridge. At the 43 second mark, we cut back to Grant as he's exploring some of the catwalks on the opposite side of the canyon. Several of the sections are damaged, with the Y mesh pushed out. At the 50 second mark, we cut back to Amanda as she reaches the other side of the bridge. Amanda turns around and yells, Okay, Eric, come on, honey. And as the minute ends, we cut back to Paul as he pushes his son forward and Eric begins his trek across the bridge. As we ended the last minute, Grant had made it across the bridge and while the others stayed back and watched him disappear into the fog and as we open up on 59, 
Grant sort of looks about the area and turns and yells back. So, um, yeah. Yells back, okay, come on over. And that's when we cut back to the others as a uh, second call comes across from Grant one at a time. And we sort of get a bit of a <laughs> slow scene here with Amanda as she turns to address Eric. Says, okay, Eric, I'm going to leave you for just a minute, okay? <laughs> and then you're going to be right here or right behind me. And um, you can sort of see in Eric's face the embarrassment <laughs> of <laughs> being protected by his mother like this, and he sort of replies, "Mum, I've been alone in a water truck. Water, 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 there, Mum, I've been alone in a water truck for eight weeks. I think I can manage the next two minutes without you," which is true. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's to be fair though. I mean, she's she wasn't even sure if she'd ever even see her son again. Mm-hmm. So she's kind of overprotective of him right now. She's just going, "Mama bear." You know? Yeah, yeah. And I do love how we get the little smirk from Paul here <laughs> as well. Yeah, he, know, he knows what's going on. Yeah, but um, Amanda turns and says, right, all together now. <laughs> she briefly looks at Paul and um, she sort of gives one last look at him and starts across the bridge. And it's sort of interesting, if there's more of a horror film, this would probably be where she would leave <laughs> stage left. So after this <laughs> impassioned... <laughs> Passionate talk to a son. That's um, normally when someone dies. But uh, we cut back as Grant's exploring more of the walkways, and he comes to a section where the chain link mesh is sort of torn outwards. And as we like we discussed in one of the earlier minutes when we come into the Avery, just how the uh, the mesh around these catwalks did appear to be burst out from the inside and not sort of broken mm-hmm. inwards. And yeah, which is interesting because that would kind of imply that they that whatever is in here, which we know is the Trinon, but they don't know it yet, had been, the people inside had been plucked out instead of uh, something breaking into it and getting into the catwalk, you know? Yeah, yeah. And plus it's interesting too, if those catwalks are there to protect the people, then you'd think there'd be a caged door when in any of the sections like where it goes out onto the bridge and that where the Trinodon mm-hmm. can land and walk into into the sections. That's a good point. And I didn't even think about that. It's like a really, really big design flaw. Yeah. And there could be there could be a door that was there and it's just been broken off its hinges or something, but at least one end of the bridge should have the door still there. Because <laughs> even later on, in the next couple of minutes, when they're running up the stair, up the catwalks to go deeper into the canyon, just the way they're built and that and how they're sort of... Um, put together around the canyon some have got gaps <laughs> about a foot wide where mm. they um where they sort of have to turn a corner or something and there's no mesh in between those gaps either or there might have been it's also funny because i mean even a simple kind of cyclone fence gate would have sufficed here you don't even need a heavy metal door just something that makes it look like you can't get in because obviously they're not like, like raptors they're not smart enough to realize oh, hey, I might be able to open this, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it'll be one thing to bring up when we do get into 61 and we're running up there, just how, like, there's no electricity in these fences that we know of. Um, and did they know the Trenodons were going to grow this big <laughs> and be able to just burst through the, the mesh like that? But the catwalks themselves, there's a couple of production pics we'll put up on the uh, Facebook group of them being made. And again, like the fence we talked about earlier, all being shiny and new steel before they sort of distressed and um, damaged up for the film. They were all made in sort of the same sections and just put together on the canyon wall set. And that's when we see 
in later minutes where they're not sort of aligned right on the set, but we'll get to there when we get there. Well, you can, like you said, we do see gaps in the uh, in between the pieces of the fencing. In fact, some of them even look like they have some of the uh, birdcage pteranodon poo on there mm. on the top. Yep. Yep, oh, we'll get that next minute as well. <laughs> um, but we cut back to Amanda as she's reaching the other side of the bridge and turns back to Eric and goes, okay, Eric. And as we cut back to the others, we can hear we can hear a sort of voiceover, come on over, honey. And as they stand there, we see a similar problem as the fence. Um, you can like, clearly see the, the rope <laughs> on the side of the bridge here that's meant to be cable and it's just painted painted dark colour. <laughs> Which, something light and easy to use and cheaper than cabling. <laughs> so Yeah. But, um, yeah, as the minute ends, Eric begins his walk and we get that that lovely drum beat start to pick up in the score as, uh, mm-hmm. as he does. Um, and if anything else that you want to discuss before we get into script or novel comparisons? No, I think we're good. All right. After Grant disappears into the fog, we get the silence in the last minute and... Then we can finally hear him call back, come on over, one at a time. And uh, in the script, Eric is clinging to Amanda, and um, she says, it's okay, and you'll be right behind me. We'll go over together now. So Eric's a little bit more clingy in the script than what we see here. We don't really get that um, that discussion, but Eric reluctantly releases his mother, and she starts to cross. And uh, Grant has stopped at the lateral support across the catwalk, trying to get a sense of where they are and what purpose this place may have served. Seeing that support beams are braced high and arching uh, walls of steel mesh, it becomes obvious <laughs> that we're inside a vast construction. And um, as Amanda calls out to come on over, uh, Eric still hasn't to cross, but Paul says, how about I? And he's cut off, but Eric says, um, no, I can do it. So... A little bit more hesitation from Eric to cross the bridge here, maybe because of what he just seen with Grant nearly falling, but also Grant seeing more of the structure, the beams and the steel, and that, and um, realising there's a lot larger area here than what they first thought. But in the novel, Grant's exploring the catwalk as much as we see in the script, and um, sort of gets that idea of it being a vast construction, and uh, added it looked as if they were inside a vast cage, but. Um, but what was the cage designed to hold? And Grant sort of feels the catwalks creaking loudly as someone approaches and looks back to see Amanda. And she says, that was fun, and rolls her eyes. And Grant lies, wasn't it, though? <laughs> so a little bit more dialogue between the two of them before Amanda turns and calls for uh, Eric to come over. But uh, that's 59. Dave, quick one then down the week. Yep. If you want to get a hold of us, you can email us at lostworldminute.com. The main website is Jurassic Minutes wordpress.com and you can find the Lost World Minutes and Jurassic Minutes over on Facebook with the uh, pages there. David, where are we on Twitter and Instagram? Uh, Twitter we are at Jurassic Minute uh, Instagram is the Jurassic Minutes Podcast. Some of the worst things imaginable have been done with the best intentions. This is how you make dinosaurs? This is how If we split up, I'm going with you guys. Dinosaurs lived 65 million years ago. What is left of them is fossilized in the rocks. And it is in the rock 
that real scientists make real discoveries. Now what John Hammond and InGen did at Jurassic Park is create genetically engineered theme park monsters, nothing more and nothing less. Uh, are you saying that you wouldn't want to get onto Isla Sorna and study them if you had the chance? No force on earth or heaven could get me on that island. You desky. Hello? Charlie! Charlie! Charlie, take the phone to mommy now! It's the, it's the dinosaur there! Okay.